Meets World, episode 151, in which we watched episodes, that's right, episodes 15 and 16 of season 7, the final season of Boy Meets World. Joining me this week to take this journey on one of the finest two-parters in the history of the show is my good friend, my brother from another mother, the man who hails from the city of Rocky, Mr. Philly himself, Philly Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Who, me? Oh, I see. I wasn't prepared. Hi, everyone. You never are. <laughs> you never are. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Just fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Uh, Good. Uh, so tell me, Chuck. Yes. Which we have a lot of episode to talk about this week. We do. Stop questions. Okay. Since the last time we recorded, what is something that made you happy? You know what? Deciding to make me myself happy made me happy. You son of a bitch. Did I steal it? No, no, I actually had. Good. One of which we talked about on the Patreon. uh, But I had another one in the barrel because I am always prepared ish. So you're going to ask me or just going to. Oh, yeah. What? Sorry. What's up? What's up? Made you happy this week? You're the only co-host that remembers to lob it back at me because it's really obnoxious. <laughs> Here's what made me happy. And I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm usually really good at that, but everyone everyone strikes out every once in a while, man. You're right. You're right. right. <laughs> What's something that made you happy this week, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> was um I sat and I watched Rocky for the first time. Is that why you made that into the intro? Yes. It, oh, it okay. came to me as I was talking. Where I'm like, I'm gonna bring up Rocky. I should bring up Rocky. Okay. For the yeah. first time. Yeah, I've like I've seen parts of it. I've and here's the funny part. So I've seen parts of it. I've watched five. I've watched four. I think I've watched three or most of three. I don't think I've ever watched two or I've seen parts of two. Okay. But I've never watched one. Huh. Because it's, you know, I enjoyed it. And in my, like in my heart as the person I am today watching this movie from decades ago, my, my gut reaction when it ended was why did they ever do sequels? There should have been no sequels. They've they just ruined the entire beauty and point of this movie. Yeah. Like his, his when the fight finishes, like as they're they're grappling, Creed's like, there's not gonna be a rematch, and Rocky's like, I don't want a rematch. I don't need a rematch. This was enough. And yeah. like there's beauty to that. There's beauty like and uh, like so, okay, a couple things. One, um, I said when I was like halfway through the movie, I go the most realistic part of Rocky so far is that everyone in Philly is in a bad mood. Because yeah. half of that movie is just people saying like, ah, you got me in a bad mood. And Rocky saying, you're always in a bad mood. And it made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's fair. That's It'll us. Be- but we can say that. You can't say that. That's our word that we're miserable fucks. Um, no, our word is John. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but other people, people in other parts of Pennsylvania say that. And they're wrong. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Um, Tell them to come fight me. <laughs> that's a very. All right. We're back to Philly. Um, yeah. But also. You don't just like, fight me, you fight the city, <laughs> you fight Rocky. Yo, Rocky! Yeah. Um, and we won't even let you get a word in edgewise. <laughs> like right now. Um, we'll just come at you from the side. 
So the other thing is, obviously, you know, I've I've lived in a post-Rocky world, and people have said for years that like the first movie is not really a boxing movie, and they're a thousand percent correct. But it like struck me how not a boxing movie it is, yeah. which is why all the sequels bother me more because that's all they are. Like all they are are boxing movies. Well, yeah. Like, and when I say that, like. Any sports movie inherently has some message of hope or overcoming adversity. So I'm not saying that those messages are not present in the other movies, but like this is a two hour movie. Maybe the last half hour has to do with boxing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, him training and all that stuff, but everything else is like this, this schlub who is, what's that? He's kind of a schlub. A little bit. Who's not very smart, lives in a shitty apartment, and, like, doesn't even... two turtles, Cuff and Link. Yes, and his... And uh, Moby Dick, his goldfish. Yep. Um, and, uh... <laughs> but, like, he doesn't even really want to hurt people, which I found very beautiful. Like, the first time you see him going to collect a debt for this mobster, which that's something no one has ever brought up to me, that I can remember. Maybe they literally did. Like the fact that Rocky worked for the mob. Yep. That doesn't get discussed. Like he was a mob enforcer. Anyway, you gotta be from Philly, man. (laughs) Okay. Everyone eventually works for the mob a little. Even, it even came up in boy meets world. Remember? Um, but he doesn't want to break the guy's thumbs. Like, he's a leg breaker that doesn't want to hurt people if he doesn't have to. He just wants to intimidate them into, like, paying off his boss, because that's his job. Yep. But, so, like, this guy who just, and every, like, Mick is a miserable bastard. Adrian is just this poor, shy girl that's abused by her boy or boyfriend, by her brother, that's just, just emotionally and verbally just trash. Yep. Like, Everyone's just miserable. And then it's all like the message of the movie isn't you can be anything you want or you can be a champion. The message is like, just try because maybe you'll find some people that'll make life less miserable. That's yep. the message of the movie. Yeah. And within a few years, it becomes Rocky defeating communism. Like, no. <laughs> I'm sure we could do it. Oh, but yeah, no, it was, it's a very good movie, but it makes me like, it makes me never want to watch any of the sequels ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Cause Although when, the one with Mr. T is fun. It is. It's fun. Cause it also has Hulk Hogan in it. As yes. Thunderlips. It has yeah. Hulk Hogan essentially playing Andre the Giant. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, they try to make Sylvester Stallone look bigger than he actually is. Well, no, that's not why. <laughs> well, also, I mean, that's what's happening. Sure. Yes. But, like, Rocky is loosely loosely based on, uh, I can't remember the boxer's name, but the the boxer he's loosely based on that they could never say he was really based on because then lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, fought Andre in Japan. Really? So when doing the wrestler versus boxing match, they're recreating that so hogan is essentially playing andre oh yeah that's cool yeah that's a fun little thing um but yeah and it struck me because again like i said everyone's always said you know rocky's a love story and it absolutely is um but like what and like what a real indie film it is like the first movie yeah it's this little indie movie yeah I mean, the same is how Rambo wanted to go as well. How they wanted Rambo to go? Never watched Rambo. No? He was supposed to uh, kill himself at the end. Okay. But they wanted to keep going with the sequel, so they refilmed it. Yeah, and that's like... <clears throat> I get it, and it was a different time, and... <clears throat> but it's just one of those things... Where, and it's one of those things, too, where I'm like... You know, Rocky's kind of a beautiful movie. And it is very much of its time with like a somewhat dour ending because he doesn't win the fight. But the, the, the winning is not the point of the fight, which is why it's actually an uplifting ending. But yeah. 
He went the distance. Right. It was just he 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 knew he could do more. That's like that's the lesson of the movie. It, it, no, and the other thing that stuck out struck out there stuck out to me was how he felt. Where it's like nobody gave a shit about him until all of a sudden he got this like one in a million shot to fight the champ. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody wants to help him. Everybody wants to be his friend. Yep. You know, I mean, the, 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 when he, he wins the one little, you know, bare knuckle bot, not bare knuckle, but little bar fight, and he's telling everybody, oh, yeah, you should go. You should see it. You should come see me. And no one gives it, like, yeah, okay, Rocky, whatever. Nobody gives a shit. And then it changes because now he's fighting the champ. And, like, yep. I, identif- I identified with that. I felt that. I felt that in my heart. Yeah. Same. Same. It's a good movie. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah. What about that boy meets world though. No, hold on. We got one more question. Oh wait, I forgot. Yeah, last time we recorded. What is some good that you did? I attended my brother's birthday party without oh. being a douche. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Joe? What's some good that you've done in this world of ours? The good that I did. Is choosing to be happy. Let's talk about Boy Meets World. Let's. So, episode 15, The War. We can go back and forth. Actually, you know what? The War and then (laughs) 16 is Peace or 7 the Hard Way. Um, We'll try and talk about them independently, but there's crossovers, so, like, we can just kind of fumble around. Sure. Yeah. Um, when they're in the, I'm going to point out two things in the first episode, when they're in the dorm room, like the whole setup to this entire plot for the next two episodes. When Topanga says, I don't know what he's saying half the time. And Corey just says, that's right. Papa don't make sense. That is so my humor. I've always loved that. It cracks me up. Yeah, that was good. Just the the self-awareness. And just the phrasing, it is Papa don't make sense. Yeah. Papa um, don't make sense. So then, here's something I've never felt before. Oh. Well, I'm going to be honest about it. Okay. Rachel's wrong. This is all Rachel's fault. And she was wrong. Initially, yes. Yes, then that's what I mean. Because everything comes from that. We can talk about the other stuff later. But, like, nothing happens without her essentially having a bad day and just abusing her power. Like, Sean made an honest mistake. Like, whether he should have or not. The whole taking her parking space thing. He made an honest mistake. Yeah. And rather than, like... You can get angry. That's fine. But then she never apologizes. She never wants to back down. She just wants to heighten it and heighten it and heighten it. And this actually also speaks to like the, the what they get to dealing with like the lifers versus the new friends, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it's also part of so in this dynamic, part of Corey and Sean is also knowing when to stop. And like we've dealt with that where a couple times where Corey didn't know when to stop and Sean got very angry with him and had to push back. Yeah. So like it's not just, oh, well, you're the, you're not a new you're not the new friend. It's also like you kept pushing, you kept pushing, and then you're mad that we responded like it, you can't. You have to know when to stop. And she, like, essentially didn't know when to start because she just, like, she was having a bad day. Hey, we all have bad days. And mm-hmm. then, and the one thing I didn't like that struck out to me, that stuck out to me too is the dorm room they're in is Angela and Rachel's. Yes. So if she's going to kick out Corey and Sean, technically she has to kick out Topanga because if yeah. it's, visitors are allowed after hours then that includes Topanga <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, establishes here that um, Sean, Tepang, and Corey are college sophomores. We've already established that essentially, and it's always different because of the whatever program you would actually be in for your degree, but essentially Jack, Rachel, and Eric are seniors. So I just always like that for giving us a baseline of what their ages are, quote-unquote, supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I love that Feeney, they establish here that Feeney just doesn't care. Well, not that it's he doesn't not care. that he doesn't care. Yeah. I would say, because, okay, the, they start a prank war. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. And yeah, we 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 just jumped a lot, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they started a prank war, and it started with uh, Corey, Sean, and Sean. I think it was just them. Yeah, at it was that just, point, Topanga yeah. hadn't joined. Uh, they they put Rachel's car in her apartment while they it, slept, which was a Volkswagen Beetle, which is something that was kind of popular it had a resurgence at the time. Yep. Uh, so when Rachel tries to bring Feeney in to, uh, tell them that they messed up, you know, that that was wrong, Feeney yeah, yeah. just kind of high fives them because it is funny. Max. Yeah. 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 And he starts yeah, laughing. It says, and this is where I mean, not that he doesn't care, but that he's essentially going, you're adults now. You can't run to me all the time. He goes, you know, they got you. Let it go. Like yeah. he gives the right advice. Like you pushed, they pushed back. You're even. Like that's that. And again, that when we speak about friendship, that comes both. That goes both ways. Like you had a bad day. You took something out on them. They got you with a, an amazing prank. Because again, how do you? How did? How did they get the car in that dorm room? How? Just how? How? <laughs> um. Without waking them. Yes. And like those are Corey and Sean. It's not like they're they're mechanically inclined or super strong. So like no. how do you whatever. Um <laughs> it's just funny to me because people still it's one of those things that like people still like, yeah, but how did they get the car into the dorm room? <laughs> yeah. Um and sh- again, she just won't let it go. Yes, and, and that's then, when the alliance forms. Right, and so the alliance is whatever, because it does line up to be Corey, Tabank, and Sean versus the new kids. Yep. And Eric, I just adore Eric so much. Where he's just like, yeah. who wants me? I, 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 like They're like, no, no, no. They're, trying, they're fighting over him, but in reverse. And then yeah. he abs Corey and Jack and goes and he does that in reverse. I'm not on your side. Shh, I'm a spy. Yeah, that was wonderful. And like we've talked about because it comes up so much, you know, goofy Eric and stupid Eric. But this is where I feel like, and we'll get there because this why the other episode is my absolute favorite. This is where they like crystallize Eric. It's not so much that he's stupid. He's very harebrained. He's very absent-minded. But, like, he's clearly doing well enough in college. So he's not stupid. He's just very goofy and understands people. And the goofiness is almost a defense mechanism. Because, like, and we see it after they have their fight and everyone's just not, like, so what's next? Is the the bear next? Yes. Okay. So they glue... Um, Team Rachel, we'll say Team Rachel and Team uh, Corey. Team Rachel glues Team Corey to their seats in the class, drops honey on them from some mechanism, and then unleashes a bear on them. A whole-ass bear. Which, I mean, it's a TV bear, so I'm sure they were fine. But It was a dude in a suit. I saw it. They could have died. I did. I did notice that for the first time. By the way, the on the chest. Yeah, there was a huge ass zipper. Um, but like in theory, like kayfabe, you know, in continuity, like they could have died. So like, let's just establish as well. She took a prank to um attempted murder, just to be clear. Yeah, 
Um, yes, she did. And then Corey and Sean, without running it by Topanga, would blow up and create like life-size poster-size photo of honestly a very tame picture of Rachel. Yes, it was tame, but still very private. Yes, it was an invasion of privacy, absolutely. But it was always one of those things where it's like, it's not like she's literally worn less on the show. Like, yeah, but I mean, they don't want to show what it actually is supposed to depict. I know, but that's also where it's like maybe don't like if they had blown up like something from her diary. Or something else where it gets across, it's an invasion of privacy. Like, because it creates that weird energy. And, like, they play, they also do play it for laughs a little bit, where Jack tries to rip it down, and they basically have created, like, a post-it note set of this giant poster. Yes. Which is funny for a gag. It is funny for Slapstick, of just, like, him trying to rip it down, and just, there's always more. Yeah, but, I mean, that wasn't, that was kind of not the time for humor. And that's time to play it straight. And this is my point. And this is why, like, going there but not committing creates this weird feeling. Like, because what they're they're going for humor because they're showing that Rachel is very upset and they're setting up for the next episode where, like, we're going to show the consequences of, you know, that kind of betrayal. But there's still on ABC, so they want the pressure release. They want to let off that valve. So that's where they want to do the humor there. Then when Rachel's still sitting there, they do the humor of following the chain of how they got the picture and Corey just going, uh-oh, which, again, absent. I, I like that bit of just, uh-oh, like acknowledging everything that's happening. Yeah. And, oh, no, none of this is going well. And then the reversal where Sean does it to Corey when Topanga gets all mad. Yeah, uh, that but that's good. why I say like you shouldn't. It shouldn't have been a picture because they also <sighs> trying to remember. There was just a couple episodes ago where they kind of did something similar to this, which is why I'm like, and I made mention on the podcast at the time where I'm like, they're going to revisit this, but that's where it should have been something else that was an invasion of privacy. Like if that's the message you want, and, but then you also have to, like you said, you have to commit. Because when you play it for laughs, it can create this weird mixed message that uh, doesn't age well. Um, no. And especially when, like, that betrayal. And again, like I said, you know, she tried to kill him. Um, but that betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did. did. <laughs> that, that betrayal isn't the focal point either. Like. No. It happens, and it's essentially a catalyst for everyone's angry at everybody else now. And then we're going to do something else. So you you used your nuclear option, yeah, to repaint to resurface a car, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? kinda. Yep, um, but I mean, you know, it does. It, the whole chain of custody thing uh, does uh, fracture the group. Like Rachel's mad at Angela for letting Sean into the apartment. Uh, then it was um, mad at Jack because Jack, Jack yeah, Jack him. showed it to him, and Sean went in and got it. Corey helped Which blow is it all, up. Corey it's didn't believable too. Didn't run it past Topanga because Topanga was he's mad at them. Yeah. Corey and Sean are just mad at each other. Just, and yeah. yeah. And Eric is in shambles. Yeah, and that's the other thing where they showed that, which again is why I'm, I said the him being goofy is a defense mechanism, because then when he's trying to um, get Sean and Jack to talk, and yes. like Sean is being resistant, but he's not going full-blown. And then Jack just says, nobody wanted you on their team. And like he's mean to Jack or to Eric, and yeah. Eric slinks away. And even in that moment, like everyone, including Sean's, like, why did you ha- like he? Why did you have to be mean to him? Yeah, he's just you know trying. He was just being him. 
Right. And he was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to be like, listen, like he's trying to be America's national treasure, Will Friedle. Absolutely. Which is what he is. And I mean, I love it. He's like, I remember about this guy, Gandhi. And it's like, okay, so you need to talk to each other, right? And then he looks it up like, right, you have to talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which again is why he's just fantastic. But, but yeah, no, I, I really felt in these two episodes, and I think it's part of why I've always loved these episodes. I've, I've, I have understood Eric as the peacemaker. Like when I was very young, I was put in positions where I felt I had to be the peacemaker and I shouldn't have been put in those positions. And that was not fair to me. Yeah. So emotionally it resonates with me when Eric's just trying to get everyone together. Yeah. And because I mean, he is basically pleading towards the end. Yes. Well, and it's and it's more so, which I just want to make one last comment about the first episode, and we can come back if you want to, but um I do like the I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking to you, blah blah. So they just they just put an an uh hang a lantern on like everyone's mad at everybody. Yep. And then Corey just sits down and looks at Sean, are you talking to me? And Sean just goes, Shut up. And like I love it because it also shows how their relationship is different. It's yes. not even they're not talking it's just it's not i'm not talking to you it's don't talk to me right now you know it's the reversal yeah exactly um and then we go into peace where basically eric tries to get everybody together with feeny to be like you know we have to fix this because otherwise who knows what's going to happen and i do that feeny also says what we're going to do is we're going to do what they do in the kindergarten class, children. Like, if you're going to behave like children, I'm going to point that out to you, because you're adults now. It should have never gotten to this point. And he's right. <laughs> yeah, very. And, by the way, I, my notes for both episodes, I wrote, I adore Eric. And then I wrote, I adore Eric. Because um, I do. He's just, he's precious. He is. It's American not treasure Will Friedle. It's true. They don't hang a lantern on it, but it's a callback to a season one episode when Sean, when Sean blows up the mailbox with the cherry bomb and he's hiding in the school and Feeney comes to get some canvas for painting and they have a conversation and Sean's like, yeah, but Corey's my best friend. Like nothing's going to ruin that. And he does the whole canvas speech, which I've always thought was beautiful, where he's like, you know, canvas is very strong. It'll hold up to a lot. But just one small rip or tear, and all of a sudden it all comes apart. And it's like, we're like we're season seven, and we're calling back, you know, not not heavy-handedly, but like, it, like one little tear is all it takes. Like, life develops yeah. and friendships form, and like one little thing can just blow everything up. It can. Yes. And then we get the alternate future. Spoiler alert, it's an alternate future. Um, where Feeney retires in 2006. Which I think is funny, because I don't know when exactly they filmed this. But I'm pretty sure it, like this show ends in like 2000, 2001. So it's only six years in the future. But Sean, like in the future, says it's seven years in the future. So whatever. Um... But oh, because retired. it was 1999 then. But they're the class of 99, so no, it's not. I mean, they have been saying, they said in the episode that they what said happened seven, back in 1999. They never say the year. They, they never say, say the year. The year. I vividly remember a year. You're making that up, I promise you. Uh, Brooks, run it back. Yeah, run it back, because Chuck's wrong. Um, Time off. So, but anyway, it's just funny. It was just funny to me that, like, the numbers start to shift. But, um, so they're all, you know, in the future. And Corey's an accountant, which I guess they were just going for because he's just so milk toast and corny. And they let him, you know, keep trying to tell the bad joke about the yeah. sea and the penguin. <laughs> which he sets up differently. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he says the accountant and the penguin and the CBA yeah. and the penguin. Um, so they run into Angela first, and they have a daughter in this future, 
And just for a little, you know, trivia fact, her, they, like, when we get to Girl Meets World, because we're almost there, they do have a daughter. Their oldest is a daughter, but different name. So wow. that's, that's a little interesting thing. I was, um, I was waiting for it. And we'll have to see. I think they also have her earlier, technically. Because of when Girl Meets World aired and how old Riley was. But we'll get there. Um, okay. And so Topanga was going to be a lawyer. And then they have this moment where she's like, I may never go back to work again. Spoiler alert in the, the quote unquote real world. Topanga does become a lawyer, is a mom, and stays a lawyer. Because um, Corey becomes a teacher. So their future is like almost there, but not quite. Angela is a writer, does a whole bunch of freelance work. Jack is rich. Like, they don't really say what he does, just that he's basically rich. Yeah. That um, was weird. Yeah. Well, it, it calls back to... They introduce Jack. They introduce Rachel. Um, they do more character work with Angela, but like at a certain point, they just stop developing the characters, and they're just kind of there. And with Jack, they even regressed. Like when he first showed up, he was just kind of a normal dude who wanted to reconnect with his brother and his father. And his parents had money, but he was like he understood he had to work for something. Right. And in this last season, they've made him a lot more vain a lot more self-centered and a lot more and not to a bad way so much but just like they've regressed him where he was just a normal dude now he's kind of a uh i don't know just a, a douche little, yeah a little bit a little bit though oh by the way that was something in episode one that i did love because i think it was improv when sean does the whoa and and Jack points at him, and I think it's something they talked about about like don't bring up my brother. And so Sean just did it to him. Ryder just did it to him as a joke, and like he didn't want to break character, but it was like, hey, don't start with that shit. Yeah, that was I cute. did notice that too. Um, but Sean's future, spoiler alert, is his future. Not really. He's a writer for Rolling Stone. Um, I don't. I can't remember if they specifically say Rolling Stone, okay. but he's a he is a freelance writer who is who is successful. Like maybe not you know the most best known writer in the world, but like it's his job. He makes a living on it. He gets to travel. Like that's all what happens with him, and oh, okay. he is alone. Like like so that they they carry that over. Wow. Um. Yeah. Um, and Feeney's just Feeney, because of course he is. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. And then the greatest moment in the history of the show, the, like, what I always point to is, like, my Eric that I love. Plays with squirrels? Plays with squirrels. Yeah. Like, the beard, the blow. Everything. The blow pop on a necklace under the beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When they when Corey and Topanga bring up that, you know, they're in marriage counseling, he's like, I married a moose. We don't <laughs> counseling. Yeah, that was good. And it's just he sells it. Oh, and also the Feeny call. Him doing the Feeny call and then just going, Oh, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Feeny. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, it is me manifesto. And because it's going to happen in Girl Meets World. When he goes, I have a niche. Niece. Niece? And because he did that a couple episodes ago where he said, I think I finally found my niece. And Feeney goes, niche. And he goes, niche? And acts like Feeney's a drunk. Like, that's a runner. Nice. Over decades. <laughs> that's awesome. It's again. It's why I love Wilfredell and I love Eric as a character so much because it's just like it's consistent. Like yeah. we talk about all these little things that they just kind of don't stick to have any consistency on, but like him reversing niece and niche is consistent. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
and it's I love you know me I love wordplay, so that's where it's just right 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 in my guts just yeah, um, and then again where it's 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 Eric as the idiot savant, me manifesto. Well, it's it's three thousand blank pages, and there's only writing on the first, and then anyone that knows the show lose one friend, lose all friends, lose self, and then they go. And nothing else. And Eric's like, after that, nothing else seemed important. Yep. And then we come back to the real world where Eric goes out and grabs Rachel and will not let her because that because Eric understands. None of them understand. They're all too wrapped up in themselves. But Eric understands. Like you, and they, I mean, they have they have Rachel show up too in the future. But that's just a callback of a joke of she moved to Texas and you know got back with her ex-boyfriend had a couple kids and then got divorced because he parked in her spot whatever yeah um but you know then they come back and then they, the future of like you know oh you all stop being friends because of me and when eric grabs her because he's like no like we need like we need to stay together like we care about each other we have to care about each other because it's too easy to lose track and he's yes. right like now as an adult Eric is right. If you're not like, if you're in your twenties and you're thinking and you listen to this, I don't know why, but thank you. Um, <laughs> and you think, oh, that's bullshit. No, Eric's right. <laughs> like Eric is right. Know that in your heart. Yes, tattoo life. that somewhere. Yes, life will take over, and you will lose people just because of life. And to a certain extent, hey, it's unavoidable. That's life. But like yeah. people that really matter to you, like don't take the relationship for granted. Yeah, that could be over real quick. Yeah. And then they do the big pile. And then um you know, they all make up. And uh then they do the thing with Feeney, which I think is funny. Both knowing where the show is going and now knowing hearing having heard Ryder Strong talk about how uh, William Daniels really was on set. So when they all go to hug him and he like gets and he's like beating him off with a ruler. Yeah. Daniels really did keep a certain amount of distance from all of them. Oh. Especially when they were younger. Like not in a bad way, but in a we're doing this show, we're filming all the time. You know, I am supposed to carry I'm supposed to have this air of respect and distance from you in my role. So I am going to treat you professionally outside of that role as well. Right. Again, not in a bad way, but as a character, as a choice. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's where like, we see the breakdown a little bit of Feeney, like high-fiving and laughing with them. That's a shift in the character because now they're not both his character and people. They're not, kids anymore they're adults right and we're gonna get there where like it's the relationship changes because they're not even though they are his students they're not just his students anymore they're adults and like Feeney and Daniels let that wall down at a certain point because well you're adults now I'm gonna treat you like adults yeah and now we are adults doing this show together rather than I am on this children's show. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, but yeah, I, I adore, I love, I love peace. That's one of my favorite episodes. I love plays with squirrels. I yeah. just, well, it's because it's, it goes back to something I've been saying about wrestling lately. Will Friedle playing in the sandbox of the character that is Eric plays with squirrels feels authentic. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh it's yeah, absolutely over the top. But, but it, it's perfect. Yes, like you look at it and you go, "Yeah, that's that's where Eric that that is where Eric would end up, like going off into the wilderness because he's just sick of people being mean to each other." Yeah. Just, you know, marrying a moose. 
marrying a moose. <sighs> and it's it's people don't you know in all things people don't understand it sometimes if they're not in it where it's like people can tell people can feel again we're talking about Eric talking about a fictional character the character just like it's not a real extant person but he's been portrayed in a certain way you can feel the rhythm of how you know it's people sometimes confuse their own feelings with the writing like well i don't think he should have done that okay like that's your opinion free to have that opinion but that doesn't mean it's wrong if you're not look if you're only looking at it as what you want versus what the story needs yeah absolutely we haven't had some good writer talk in a while, so that just no, it, we hadn't. That was good, but yeah, I, I especially loved the uh, line uh, at at the end where he like she walks out and he goes, "Why didn't anyone write anything down?" Yeah, and he's like genuinely shocked and confused and saddened that nobody wrote anything down because it's and it's it's such a small thing. And that's what he's saying. Like, yeah, you, put, you couldn't write just write down something on a piece of paper. That's all you had to do. Yeah, because he did. Right. Well, yeah. But and again, it, it goes back to like it's it's this it's you know um, ICS. One of the hosts brought it up, and they've talked about it on Penn Sunday School. And it's one of those things that when you've been in a relationship, just in my opinion, rings so true. The fights you have that aren't about the thing you're fighting about. Oh yeah, it's but it's that same. It's those little things, and it's why, you know, through my history, I tend to run headfirst into issues in interpersonal relationships because I've seen in friendships and other things little things that I didn't even know were a problem. Sincerely, that fester, and then somebody gets really mad, and I'm like, I'm sorry. If you had told me, I would have apologized and or changed my behavior. <laughs> or made but fun of you. What's that? Or made fun of you. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, if that's what I would say, like, and I understand, I, and I see, and I see in how people react to me that this is not something people are used to, where it's like, if it bothers you, tell me it bothers you and I will stop. Yeah. Like, I'm not a mind I, reader. Yes. I've said that in so many different arenas and it, it amazes me people when I was a teenager, when we were teenagers, I was a victim of that. I really, I had that mentality of, I never would have said it this way, but that people are mind readers. Well, and it's why I say when people say, well, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's where that comes from. Well, you know, it, it, it's assuming that your experience is universal. It's assuming that everyone thinks exactly the way you think. So, well, of course you know what I mean, and you're just being difficult. When the truth is, no. Like, sometimes people don't know what you mean, or they think they know what you mean and want clarification. And that's, like, as people, we should do that more. We should clarify and be honest, because a lot of trouble can be avoided if you're just honest. Or say, hey, that really bothered me. Like, you're not in the moment, whatever. But I just, I, it bothers me because I see how emotionally uneducated, like, we are as a society. And why so many things happen and why so many problems happen that don't have to. Because, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I know what you mean. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) <laughs> but that's because we share a brain um yep we do sadly <laughs> but no you know it's just it's just there it's just yeah this this like i said i love this again more the second episode than the first because i don't like the fight as much as the like <coughs> making up and why it matters but yeah this i love a little glimpse into the alternate future yeah which is not so alternate because somebody else has who's somebody else's future lines up too. Um, Eric is plays with scores, but uh, 
but you know, it's just, it's real. I do. It's, just, it's always been really important to me and I've loved it. And I've loved this episode since the first time I ever saw it. And I always will. It's just yeah. it's to me. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was an event. <laughs> Bit of a bummer at times. Bit shocking when they revealed that they essentially put, uh, Rachel's, you know, lewd photographs up there. Revenge. So, I mean, like, revenge. I mean, it would be called yeah. revenge today. I mean, honestly, when I was watching the episode, I would be, I would, I thought, uh, they'll never do this, but it would be really funny if those people are crowded around like a naked picture of Rachel. And then they parted the crowd and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. They did that. And then and it, I, it just, I was uncomfortable. It's again, it's where they're trying to, because I mean, that's where people forget to, not that it's right, but like that whole idea is, was more prevalent in the nineties of like, it, maybe they didn't actually show it like in other shows or other movies, you would have them holding a picture and people seeing it or, them handing out flyers and then she grabs one and goes, how could you do like, so you, so, you know, what you perceive in your mind would be more, um, lewd and more crude than what they could get away with on broadcast TV. Yeah, obviously, you know, one of those, maybe this is one of those times too, where less is more and it would have been, it would have been more effective to not see the picture. It would have been less shocking. Because I, I was uh, legitimately shocked when I saw that. They actually did it? Yeah. Because okay. I had the thought. And I was like, right. "That's it would be crazy if they did that. And then they did that. And I was like, they're crazy. But it's weird how that worked. <laughs> if they just... Now I'm just honestly workshopping this with you. If they had just referenced the fact that they, they were handing out naked pictures of her do you feel it would have been as shocking or no i don't know i don't know just you know i i would have had to have experienced it gotcha 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 it's one of those things because like something like that now isn't shocking but in the moment i was you know i was taken aback a little you were taking the ride and all of a sudden like oh wow they really took this left turn okay yeah yeah, because I did not think that they would do it. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. But, yeah. Oh, no. What I was saying is this is where they were starting to walk that line of, again, we've t- we've talked about it, um, having more, quote-unquote, adult storylines. More, yeah. you know, you know, this is them essentially having a childish squabble of a prank war. Like, it goes to an adult place. Yes. You know, with real emotions. Oh, yeah. And consequences. But yeah, so I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to this. And that's, again, that's why, you know, I I checked with Chuck ahead of time and we decided to do this as one episode. Sure, it's one less episode of the podcast, but I feel it's, it's the right thing to do to do this together. It was, it was the correct choice and it, it was, it was a journey. It was. And I'm glad we took this journey. Good journey. Um, any plugs or actually anything else you want to say about the episode now that we're here? Just uh, since it was a journey, don't stop believing. Nice. Anything you want to plug? You know me, baby. I'm good. <laughs> and as always, if you want more of me, and who wants that, you can go to joepank.com, J O E P A N C.com. Uh, there's all kinds of links and stuff there links to the threadless shop uh you know buy some stuff i don't know uh you can follow me on twitter at cthulhu homes or joe pank you can follow me on instagram at joe pank 36 where uh my role of the day will soon be posted uh if you if you want so <laughs> i'm gonna actually be getting out and traveling here soon again so the joke will become manifest. If you go to onlyfans.com slash Joe Pank, there will be food porn. I've made that choice. I have a couple things up there right now that are kind of silly. They're not actual porn. Um, but 
whenever we travel for hero clicks and stuff with my buddies, we always get delicious food. And so I've decided that's what I'm going to do now is I'm going to post all these delicious foods, maybe reviews on my OnlyFans. Completely naked. Yes, obviously. I mean, you may not see me, but I'll be completely naked. Um, so, you know, go do that. I don't know. We'll figure something out. And as always, if you want this show uncut and unedited up to three days early, you can go to patreon.com slash Joe Pank. Give me as little as $2 a month. Gets you the entire show archive uncut and unedited until the beginning of time and until we stop doing the show. And you can give me as much as $63 million. So, you know, you got that going for you. But what about, like, $63.5 million? Is that okay? I dare you to try and give me $63.5 million. I, def- I dare you. I triple dog dare you. You won't do it. They won't do oh, it. They won't. They're scared. So tell me, Chuck, what did we learn this week? Well, since I think I know what you're going to say. That makes I'll... one of them. Oh, really? Then I'll just get this one out of the way if that's what that means. Lose one friend. Lose all friends. Lose oneself. And I learned friendship is rare. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Friendship is rare. Till next week, do good. Mm-hmm.